difficult stretch of the season in terms of congested schedule. Three games in nine days starting tonight. Here's Legette coming forward. Velasco, Velasco, oh, and he's got the fourth tonight for FC Dallas. Velasco Golasso, he lets one rip from outside the box. And FC Dallas, 57 minutes into the game, they've just added to their lead, as you were speculating about a moment ago. Sometimes he loses the ball when you want him to, you know, dribble by somebody. Sometimes he doesn't make the decision you want him to make. But he's a good young player with a lot of talent. He's a project. You keep him on the field. Why? Because of moments like that. I mean, to hit this ball from that range, it's got some movement. It's got some movement. That's right. Uh, congratulations there to Alan Velasco. Uh, really great hit on that goal. And welcome, everybody. Welcome to Big D After Dark uh, to the show here. We're going to. We're going to get a little salty tonight. We're going to celebrate a big victory at home uh, for FC Dallas against San Jose. Also, a uh, North Texas victory against uh, at home against Real Monarch. Uh, so, some good soccer in North Texas this past weekend to celebrate. And we are here after dark to talk about it. And we want your comments, your questions to come in about FC Dallas, about North Texas, about the league. Uh, and, uh, yeah, have some fun together this evening. Of course, I'm Nathan Hill. You can follow me at, at Nathan J. Hill. Uh, there in the middle is our buddy Ishmael uh, Belcora at Belcora Ishma. And finally, there uh, in his Cowboys jersey, uh, that's right, Jose Carmona, El Chico Carmona. What's up, everybody? Yeah, we we got we got some good stuff to talk about. It was a very good weekend for for FC Dallas fans. Uh, after the one point in the uh, uh, away week up in the Pacific Northwest. FC Dallas got some home cooking uh, and, uh, of course, have a tough week ahead, so there's a lot to get to. But let's just start with our reactions to this 4-1 to beatdown against San Jose. Uh, a real early goal uh, from uh, Jesus. And uh, Alan Velasco came to play in this one. Sebastian Leggett had two assists. Uh, team was maybe a little unlikely not to have another one or two to toss in. Uh, but the defense looked fine, other than a really special goal from uh, Abobasi. Uh, it's not much to complain about defensively with this squad. Uh, FC Dallas came to play, took care of business against San Jose. Let's just do your comments, your reactions from the game. Ishmael, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was really awesome to see Legette in action um after like in a in a in his first real like proper game i think uh the game against uh portland i think it was really because of injuries and just the lack of depth on that day that they really need to throw him in there um but here um it was it's clear why they brought him in he's he's a really high like, like a really high midfielder he pushes up onto the field in the attack um, his run for Farfan's goal is something that we haven't seen any of the midfielders do, except for maybe Paxton, but that's really not where he is at his best. So it's really awesome to see another midfield. I thought Siki again was really, really good. Um, maybe one of his more controlled games where he made the least amount of mistakes, which is something that you wanted to see him improve on um, throughout the season. And in general, the attack, it was, they punished San Jose. And we haven't really seen the attack punish other teams. 
when they really need to be punished, especially in the last couple of months. Um, it was great to see Jesus back on, on the score sheet um, with multiple goals because we haven't seen that in a, in, a, in a hot minute. And it was great to see Velasco really get interact with other players on the, to the, on the field and show why he, he earned that $7 million transfer. Jose, your thoughts? Well, I mean, I have to agree with everything that Ishmael said. And I want to point out that, that Leggett's arrival, uh, it early on is paying off for, for the attacking players in that, in that now you've got a guy who, like you said, is making runs that the other midfielders didn't do and forcing, I mean, he's, he's a known commodity in MLS and they have to respect him. They have to be aware of him and that frees up other players around him. That frees up Farfan, that frees up uh, Velasco. I mean, it has to be a weight off the shoulders of the younger players to have someone like legit there. It, it, it basically taken, you know, taking the spotlight away from them. And that's a good thing for a young team, especially when you got someone like that who's used to that kind of pressure, uh, which is something that I think our younger players are still getting used to. So, I mean, like you said, so happy to see them punish a team, and honestly, a team that they should be able to punish. Mm-hmm. The, our biggest complaint with FC Dallas is that they normally play down to the level of their opponents or up to the level of their opponents. Uh, but in reality, we're tired of that. We want to see them play teams that they're supposed to beat and go in there and play like they are the better team. And that's exactly what we saw. And I think it makes everybody a little, little bit happy to see the team actually appear to be running uh, on all cylinders, especially at home. And most importantly, because of the uh, early goals, they got to rest some key personnel for the midweek game. Yeah, really, yeah, really important to be able to bring Jose Martinez off just to keep his legs fresh. He's been dealing with, you know, some some issues and things, and you know, give Paxton a little bit of a break, have him come in off the bench. Uh, it's, it's just, it's nice, just a nice situation to have. And uh, you know, it, you know, see a guy like Marco Farfan get his first MLS goal with FC Dallas. Um, has, he hasn't been as prolific as Ryan Hollingshead was certainly uh, in his career, but. It's just fun to see uh, a guy like that who's put in a lot of work continue to put the pieces together and becoming a threat. You know, get, getting something going like that. Um, and and all on the night first, it was also the Jets' first ever dual assist match in this, mm-hmm. in this uh, MLS career, eight-year career, I think. So good, just good stuff. Um, you know, it, yeah, I, you know, we we were on the fence a little bit about Sebastian, uh, what he would bring to the squad. Um, and, uh, you know, whether it'd be a big change, uh, but you know, maybe the midfield didn't need a big change, just needed some depth, needed some fresh legs, uh, needed some veteran leadership and a guy who knows how to use space, uh, which, you know, I think Brandon and, and, and even Paxton to agree are still figuring out, you know, still learning, still adjusting and Edwin as well. But, uh, so it's nice to see one player making a significant impact, kind of helping the team find space against San Jose, one of the leakier defensive teams in the league. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll see how it builds, but it also helps them, them build forward, uh, you know, uh, all what's unfolding, um, kind of come in and for Jesus to get a brace, kind of stay in that 
Golden Boot Hunt is is really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Uh, uh, just just feel so excited for the guy. Um, putting the, the, the World Cup doubters, uh, keeping him quiet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, we'll, we'll jump over here to, uh, yeah, Ben says, uh, you know, March of the playoffs started, and certainly it was a big key thing. If We talked about it last week. If FC Dallas had given up a draw at home, it would, it would, have, it would have been a little bit tough uh, to take, and so they took care of business. They did what they needed to do, and uh, that's good stuff. I mean, we want to see them continue to find those points and build uh, that separation. Let's go ahead and listen to uh, Nico's comments uh, post game uh, from uh, uh, from from the match. I think uh, <clears throat> the team was uh, performing overall well these past weeks, uh, but we in the last two games uh, against uh, Seattle and Portland. We couldn't get a, a win, and I think uh, we we had the mentality from the uh, initial whistle uh, to go for the game. And uh, you could see in the second minute we we scored the first goal, and we keep uh, keep pressing and keep uh, trying to exploit the the weaknesses of Sa- San Jose. And I think uh, we we realized re- really well uh, that is something that we talk about the transitions moments. Uh, that were important, and even that we play at home, we don't have to feel bad about to uh, regain shape uh, quickly and uh, make them uh, lose the ball and transition to to attack. So, so the question is, uh, you know, I, I guess we're watching the evolution of Nico Ball, right? Of kind of the both pragmatism of a coach who says, "I've got these players." I uh, haven't had the chance to, you know, bring in all the guys that I want and implement necessarily the style that I want, but I've got to use what I have. And so what works also is what works. And so if that means, yeah, we're going to possess the ball, but we're also not going to be afraid to give it up and win the ball back and create those transition moments. Uh, not exactly this, you know, the the possession first approach maybe that Lucci preached, Um uh, but for a team that's building and that's getting results, uh, does it matter, right? <laughs> does it matter? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I think it's interesting because he's, of course, not as possession-obsessed as Lucci was, but he is um, focused on controlling the pitch, controlling the play, making sure that um, FC Dallas is able to control all aspects of the field. And... What's really interesting is in this game, he threw that all away because uh, he saw, especially after the first goal, how desperate San Jose became and how hard they were pushing up. So um, I do think Nico's uh, preferred system is that of pitch control where they have like 59% possession and keep games tight, keep games controlled. I think that's where he finds himself more comfortable. But what we saw in the summer is when you have a defense that's having injuries or in a midfield that's having injuries, and when players start to um, start to lose form, especially in the attack, that kind of pitch control doesn't yield the results that you want. And I think it's a testament to Nico, even in his first year of, of coaching here in MLS, that he recognized that right now is crunch time. It's not about implementing the system that he wants. 
It's about getting results. Uh, I think we all know that the the tagline of this team is it's a process, right? So in the 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 preferred future is that Nico's style of play gets us results week in and week out. But right now, I don't think the personnel, especially in the defense, exists. And that need that means that right now you can't do full pitch control and just rely on Jesus and Ariel and Velasco scoring every single game because those are young players and Ariola himself is also streaky. So I think it's just really refreshing to see Nico be able to switch it up because I don't think we've really seen that this season. All of our wins have been mostly pitch control except a couple on the road. It here at home that it was really it's I don't think it's happened yet. And that's that was really good by Nico to recognize that San Jose was pushing super hard by like the tenth minute and just to take advantage of that. And I also want to point out that it, it makes his job easier when when players are performing. When the players that he's got out there are actually doing what he's asking them to do. I mean, Alan Velasco had probably his most complete match of the entire season so far and this is the time where we want to start seeing that you know his his passing percentage was almost at 80 percent and he's been a notoriously bad passer this season uh but to see him basically i mean high passing rate i think he had the second most touches on the team uh i think emma was was number one at 56 and then velasco at 53 touches that's great. I mean, that's what you want to see. You want you want to see you want to see that your 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 you know prized edition start living up to some of those lofty expectations. And I'm you know I'm sure consistency is still going to be a thing. I'm sure he's going to have games like this and games where he's completely opposite of that. But you want to see those signs. You want to see games where he shows up and shows you what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. And and that's I'm just saying. When everyone's performing and everything's clicking the way it's supposed to, then it makes makes it a lot easier in Nico. And and you gotta love that this team, after you know being on a slump, seems to be in a bit of a run. And uh, uh, we were talking about how if if with the playoffs playoffs right around the corner, they need to get results at home, and that's what they're doing right now. And they need to bring it home against Philadelphia Union this this uh, Wednesday. Yeah, the West is a bloodbath. I mean, it, there's just a lot of teams not super far from each other. There's a lot of scenarios uh, over the next few weeks, depending on uh, the results and what teams bring to the field. So, you know, FC Dallas is just going to have to claw their way to those points. Um, and, and, I, and, you know, and and to that point, I mean, I we're talking about how FC Dallas has a bit of a, of a cushion. It's an illusion because a lot of the teams behind them chasing them, you know, have a game or two in hand. So, so like you said, it is really close. Any of those teams get results, like Nashville just got a result, uh, and and all of a sudden, boom, they're one Nashville point behind us. Was it Nashville that, that I thought? No, Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, it's Minnesota. Salt Sorry. Lake. Sorry. I know Nashville was playing too. You're right. Minnesota is the one that that uh, gained ground on FC Dallas, and I think they still have a, a game in hand. They're what a point behind. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, a lot of the teams behind FC Dallas 
are like that. So so this game against uh, Philadelphia Union at home, you got to get the three points. You got to find – and mind you, not an easy task. Philadelphia Union has lost, what, three games all season? Mm-hmm. So so it's a tough ask. But if they want to be – if they want to make us, FCD fans, you know, rest a little easier, they got to get that result. They got to get the home results. I can, I can stomach a, a loss – or, or having to settle for a draw on the road. But it's really hard to swallow that at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. It's uh, uh, in two nights. Uh, so, yeah, Wednesday night is when uh, Dallas plays uh, Philly. It's a quick turnaround. So it's, you're it's glad to see some guys get some minutes to rest those legs in this match. I mean, just, just what's, what's our confidence level? Are we going to match up well against Philadelphia, Ishmael? Um, I think it will be a very interesting match because Philadelphia, for the longest time, has played in a four-four-two diamond, and because of that, and having mostly only wing backs pushing up, then the midfield is able to control the games most of the time because of how centralized the players are. Um. I think one of the most difficult parts of this game will be about how the midfield trio for FC Dallas is able to compete against that because these four players are often very fluid. You will sometimes see um, their D-mid flack push up into the attack because of just how the play is moving around. and Philadelphia are obviously very successful at this. They are 48 points right now, top of the East, and they wholeheartedly deserve it. Now, one of the things I think is interesting is that FC Cincinnati just destroyed them a week ago. And it and they show they basically gave the blueprint about how to beat Cincy, which was to stifle the midfield and just do very quick turnaround attacks. It's not about counterattacking, it's about stifling the midfield and then doing very quick presses and just going forward and taking those chances, which you can do when you have a Brandon Vasquez. So I think this game is all about how the midfields pair up. I think uh, this is a kind of game where you really do need Paxton and you need him at full, full, full Paxton, where he just dominates those kinds of games and then in this game, a player like Legit will also be really important. Where if you win the ball at, in the 50 yard line, like in the middle line, you just have Legit just making a quick run and then creating open space for other players. That's how you beat Philadelphia Union and through and get through their defense, which is the best defense right now in the league. And and mind you, Philadelphia they've only allowed, like you said, best defense in the league, only allowed 19 goals all season. Um, that's this is a team that can replicate some of the uh, defensive uh, uh, performances that teams like Vancouver and stuff have been able to do against Dallas. So this will be a huge test for FCD because Philadelphia will be sound defensively through the entire match, and and FC Dallas is going to have to, like you said, like Ishmael said, is going to need Velasco. It's going to need those uh, Paxton. It's going to need someone to unlock that defense. I I don't think 
goals will be, you know, you're not going to see four goals a piece from either team. Uh, it's going to be whoever gets that goal and forces forces the other team to basically have to open up. That's that's how this game is going to go. Mm. And and it could be a very tense match for uh, lo- most of the most of the match unless unless somebody gets an early goal. MLSsoccer.com. Yeah. And I think that you that Philly have just one point seven. That yeah, Philly has just one point in seven MLS matches at Dallas. Just one draw, and six losses. So interesting mm-hmm. little nugget. Go ahead, one of the other things about Philadelphia is is that their attack, while very good, is extremely streaky. Uh, they have had in the last seven games, a 7-0, a 6-0, a 4-1 against teams in the East and Houston that are very bad defensively. Most of the time when they play against defenses that are more sound, they have issues in the attack. It's not it's not that they can't score. It's that they aren't able to kill teams when they're supposed to. And I think it showed during the middle of the year, like just like us, they were having a small summer slump where they weren't able to get a lot of points on the board. Right now, they're back in form, just like us. So again, it's actually kind of interesting how this game is lining up because both attacks are streaky. Both midfields need to command the game for the team to win. And... Philadelphia's defense is much better than ours. So that's the one aspect where I think they have us beat. But this game is definitely winnable. And I think it's all about exploiting the weaknesses that Philadelphia has shown. And teams have been good at that. Cincinnati was good at that. Uh, what, What other team? Chicago, not this week, but a couple of weeks ago, was able to beat them by, again, stifling them in the midfield. So... Again, I think it, it'll be it'll really be on the midfield three to have like career performances mm. to get to beat Philadelphia. So, would you be okay if if it's just a point? Well, no, um, no, we need we need three points. We need three points. We need to. That's Dallas. This is we're down the home stretch. And and we got a pack of wolves, you know, uh, behind us chasing us. Uh, this is not the time to stumble. They need to get three points against Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yes, they won four one, but they actually didn't rest their players like FC Dallas did. They they kept a lot of their players out there longer than FC Dallas did against San Jose, and and uh, and they have to travel. Of course, they got to fly to FC Dallas, so it's gonna be a jet lag. So no. You, you have the advantage. Uh, Phil Def is going to have to stick to their base defense, their base attack. They're not going to have any time to put in any new wrinkles. Uh, so there's opportunity here for FC Dallas to catch them. Catch them. And, mm-hmm. and, and I don't care how they do it. I'm, I'm happy with a 1-0. I'm, I'm happy if, it's a, if, it's a, if they force an own goal. <laughs> I don't care how they do it. They got to find a way to get three points because – after this, as tough as this game is, it's only going to get tougher. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we have eight games left 
this is the last Eastern Conference team that we play. The last seven are Western Conference. Uh, and those games are all six-pointers because all of these teams, um, exactly. including Kansas City and San Jose, and uh, yeah, both of those teams are technically not eliminated. Technically. And even though they most likely won't make the playoffs, they can make a major dent in the playoff race. Uh, if we win this game, we're at 42 points. And that means to get to that 48-point mark, which is the sweet spot, you only need six points from seven games. That puts FC Dallas in such a good possession that if we don't get to 48 points, then it's inexcusable. So a win here against Philadelphia even though this is not a six-pointer, would do so much for playoffs hopes because the teams that we're going to be playing are all at the playoff line. And that's going to just be a bloodbath in every single game. So to just be in a comfortable position would do a lot to alleviate the stress that this home stretch is going to create. And and mind you, uh, like Ishmael was saying, is is uh, let's say uh, let's say they somehow manage to get three points against the Union, and they would need six points to get to forty-eight. FC Dallas has three home games left after the Philadelphia Union, so those six points are achievable. Mind you, though, two of those home games are once against uh, LAFC and the other ones against uh, RSL, which are no gimmies, but. If you say, hey, FC Dallas needs to get six points, they could get those at home, regardless of what they do on the road. So, so yes, this is a very – getting three points against against the Union puts FC Dallas in a really good place. Failing to get those, those, uh, those three points, settling for a draw, let's just say they settle for a draw, makes it a little tougher, makes, makes yeah. it – makes it a grind so i think like i said i agree with ishmael they 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 gotta get they gotta get the three and then like i said they got three home games six points from just the home games is very doable if they can get a point here there on the road that's even better Mm -hmm. yeah and you know i i think the only way i would settle for a draw is if if they you know give up two stupid goals or something they just get uh, kind of ambushed a little bit, and, and they but claw their way back to make it a game, and you know you, like, you give them some credit for that against a, a tough team like Philly. But yeah, it's at home. Got to get the three points. We dropped already three points at home too too often. Uh, a few of those games, if we'd just been able to keep that one nothing win, yeah, the team would be even looking better in the standings. But uh, so yeah, this is not a time to to drop points if you can help it. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see and. You know, I it, Philly may not be feeling the pressure as much. They may they may see this as one they can rest some guys, rotate some guys, and and hopefully they do. And and FC Dallas takes advantage. So, well, let's let's shift over. Um, uh, so it's going to be a big week uh, for FC Dallas with that, and um, we'll, we'll shift over now to North Texas. North Texas uh, also continued to sort of get back its momentum with a 4 nothing victory at home against Real Monarchs. Um, uh, just a good good master class of, of North Texas soccer that, that we love to watch uh, and love to enjoy. 
But some other news for North Texas this week that I think we'll just spend a few minutes talking about here. First off, uh, of course, um, and, and I, I downloaded the, the picture, I think, somewhere uh, in my... Um, oh, yeah, North Texas uh, made a new signing on loan, Carl Sante, uh, a Haitian a national player from uh, New Mexico United. Uh, so excited about this, kind of very much a North Texas kind of signing uh, to, to build off the team. And it, I guess that just with, with a p- purchase option at the end of the loan. So like, looks like North Texas is just going to get a chance to, uh, get a look at this, this athlete, this player, and see if he can become a component next year of, and, and someone to develop for the future for FC Dallas and for the franchise as a whole. Uh, you know, it, it, and I, but I guess it does speak to that. Maybe coach Cobb wants to see a little more from the midfield. Um, we'll see a little more competition and options maybe, and this guy can, uh, can bring a little bit of quality and class in that way. So, Jose, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I've been saying it on Twitter and whatnot that, that I think this is an excellent addition for the team. Um, North Texas, it's not that their midfield is weak by, by any sense. I mean, it's just that they they don't have any true defensive midfielders, which is what this player is. And, and you're going to need a true defensive midfielder with the playoffs right around the corner. And FC Dallas, I mean, sorry, North Texas basically in the fourth spot and looking to hang in there, uh, looking to maybe try to claw themselves up up the standings or keep the teams chasing them at bay. So it, it it's I think it's the first of several moves that they'll make. I don't think they're done. And, and he's the player, you know, uh, a player that that's young, 19 years old, uh, the kind of player that, that that you expect North Texas North Texas to bring in, and also he's more of a known commodity than some of the players they usually loan in because he's he's played you know in the USL uh, Championship with uh, with uh, New Mexico, so not a complete mystery. Uh, even though he hasn't really gotten many minutes, uh, my point is that they've actually were able to see him or at least go to see in trainings and whatnot. So they have a good idea of what they're bringing in as opposed to someone that some agent says, Hey, you know, give this kid a chance. So I, I think it's a good addition. And, and like I said, I expect them to make several more moves just to solidify the roster. Not necessarily, not necessarily a, a must start player, but I think it's a player that could come in and help them uh, in, in uh, when they're trying to lock down a game. Yeah, I think uh, I was mentioning this earlier before the pod. It wouldn't surprise me that FC Dallas has some sort of scouting network set up in Haiti because uh, Sanche came to New Mexico United just a couple of months ago. And yeah, it's very much plausible that they signed him based off of what they've seen just in 2022. But I doubt it, considering that Hope and Pico Pesante were also both North Texas SC signings. Uh, I think it's interesting to do it with four games left in the season. That, to me, tells me that it's just let's make sure that he is what we think he is. Because, uh, yes, you could be doing it for the playoffs, um, but we all know that North Texas is mainly player development. So to do this, it should it, it probably is... Well, we like this player. We have lost a lot of defensive mids in the pipeline with players like Corcoran um, being gone. And the next one would be Orzoa, and he might not 
be considered uh, to be uh, to be professionally ready for this kind of setting, and maybe even just to give him a little bit of tutoring. Uh, so this is, I think it's it's an interesting signing. We haven't really made a lot of USLC signings in the past, and this year we did both Pope and now Sanchez. So it's and it's good to see that the club has has a pretty decent sized scouting network. It'll be interesting to see how he develops because you know defensive mid is a position of need in the first team. Not saying that he would Agreed. definitely be helping by next year, but when you're looking to maybe offset Faku in the coming future and with Edwin being an up-and-down kind of player, and with the fact that we don't have a lot of players in the pipeline, he's definitely assigning thinking like that in the future. Maybe he can help us. Mm-hmm. And I have to agree with that. Uh, it's a good point that that it's not just the attacking players or, or, or the goalkeepers or that where, where we need to bring in uh, talent that could potentially uh, be developed in North Texas, and uh, a great point about about the USL signings because it is it is uh, I don't know if we've actually talked about it here or not, but it was really hard for MLS teams to sign players from the USL Championship uh, or USL League One. Uh, it, it's you hardly saw that movement. You ha- you have hardly seen that movement, but now that you have uh, the MLS Next Pro League. It, and and you have your your reserve teams there. It makes it easier now. You're seeing way more movement now, not not just with us, but across the league, where you're seeing players from the the championship and USL League One getting signed to these these uh, reserve teams. That's something that's going to help uh, MLS as a whole in the future, because there was um, you can look up articles on it where where they're saying it was really really bad business for for MLS to to it was really hard for them to be able to sign players from USL League One or the championship it was almost not worth it through all the hoops they had to go through and now you're starting to see where MLS Next Pro is going to pay off for the league and especially for FC Dallas because now like you said they can say why not let's let's give this USL player a shot yeah worth noting it's an option to buy that's yeah, excellent. That's the main thing. Yeah, but you see, in the other news out of North Texas that's not been official yet um, is that Jose Mulatto, one of these heralded uh, attacking players that has looked pretty good for North Texas, has grown a lot, a raw talent, I think is what we said at the beginning of the season, and has had certainly sparkled at times, uh, that Bayern has a lot of interest, that he came to, to FC Dallas with, with some kind of arrangement through Bayern, uh, and uh, FC Dallas, the rumor is, according to Third Degree, uh, that FC Dallas is going to purchase him, sign a long-term contract, but Bayern will still have an option to purchase him, um, uh, some kind of a, a, a first-ride refusal kind of a deal to purchase his contract. So really exciting to see that maybe this guy is going to be that number two, number three striker next season. And, of course, there's a lot of scenarios that could play out depending on the World Cup and stuff. But... Uh, it does show that FC Dallas thinks highly of this kid. He may still even get some more time with North Texas next season. We just don't know. But 
Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that rumor, Jose? I know you've had a lot to say about that. I'm excited about that. I've heard the rumor um, came actually uh, from, I, I'm not sure the guy's name is Felipe, I believe. Right. Posted it. That's right. Thank and, you. And, uh, and basically saying that, hey, uh, heads up, a deal was struck between uh, FCD and Kali, the team that actually uh, he belongs to, it, uh, that FC Dallas is going to be buying a, a percentage of him a majority stake, I would say, in him. So, so supposedly he will be joining FCD next year. So he'll be with North Texas this season. Then he'll join FCD next year and supposedly sign a long-term contract with them with uh, Bayern basically retaining first right of refusal, you know, or uh, first right, first options on him. So if anybody shows up and says, we want to buy a mulatto, Bayern can match any offer that goes to him. So, so very much uh, that partnership that we keep, you know, talking about FC Dallas and Byron have this partnership. Mulatto is that partnership basically showing up and saying, yep, it's still going and it could still work for both teams. And, and I love it. You know, I, I've been excited from day one when, when uh, Mulatto was, was announced as a, as a player coming to North Texas he is a, a true number nine. He's, he's, he's a player that, that has the hold up, you know, has, uh, can, can get, you know, can get on headers. This is a guy that basically just needs one or two attempts and can put through. He's a guy that you definitely want to develop as a future uh, backup for, for Jesus. Uh, I'm excited that, that, that they've done it. I'm, I'm hoping that they make it a, it's it's FC Dallas. They're not gonna announce it if he's not joining FCD till till next season. They're gonna announce it sometime in the winter. They're they're not yeah. gonna make it official until then. Hmm. But it's exciting, exciting. Uh, now they just gotta bring in uh, Kamango and Hope, and, and I'll be very happy. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, with Mulatto, you're definitely thinking about 2023 because. Har's gone. Jesus will be at the World Cup, showing his stuff. Already right now at a 14 goal season. Um, more than likely, he will not be here. Now, I don't think Mulatto is being signed to start next year, unless no. he really, really dazzles in preseason. Sure. But if, like, with Har not being a hindrance on salary cap decisions mulatto is is a very useful tool and i think as the team develops and starts to get rid of a lot of these contracts you'll definitely probably see kamungo also get signed next year i think he definitely deserves it i think um hope definitely has a shot and i think he also deserves it uh it's really exciting to see that this is really the first signing that FC Dallas has done on a player that isn't from here and from North Texas though. Like you, you had Nikki and you had Pepe and you had Che and Nikki and Pepe are both homegrowns. I mean, no Pepe and Che are both homegrowns and Nikki is a local player that FC Dallas has been, had been scouting for a while 
with at Texans and at SMU. Um, this is a player that they brought as a raw player and to see if they can develop him, and they did, and now they're going to bring him in. That's really encouraging to see. It's something that has taken, I think, four years too long. I think they that's one of the aspects of North Texas that I think needed to be improved to develop players from outside the region mm. and make them into possible uh, major league players, and they are finally starting to do that. Uh, hopefully, Mulatto is not the only one, and yeah, hopefully he stays for more than a year because I don't know. I'm getting kind of tired of losing strikers year after year. And, and, and I just want to quickly correct Ismail and point out that Colin Smith and Benny Redzik also got signed through North Texas through their performances yeah, again, in North Academy. Texas. Academy. The Academy, players. yes, Academy players. But like, like Ishmael is saying, we have had North Texas bring in a lot of loans, a lot of players from South America or from Europe uh, or Africa, and they they come and they go and they never get signed. They they look competent, but they don't look M- MLS level. And now you're seeing them bring in players that look like they have a future. Kamango, Hope. Uh, Mulatto, these are players that you can see the raw talent. They're not going to help FC Dallas this year. They're not gonna, probably not going to help them next year. But you can see that there's something there to build on, and that's exciting. That's that's what North Texas is supposed yeah. to be about. Good stuff. Well, look, let's uh, let's leave it there. We've had a good show. It's been nice to be positive. Well, we had some weeks in there, which is what what, <laughs> what happens with this FC Dallas season. We're just we're grim. We're unhappy. Uh, we don't know what to say about this team, but but hey, a, a good victory, uh, you know, calms a, a lot of nerves. It's going to be a big week of, of of soccer this week. I think two two more matches, another two match week. Is that right? Who do they play yeah, on this we weekend? Play, we play on Sunday against Nashville in Nashville. Oh, good, a yep. big so a big week. Um, and Nashville, good team, but there are definitely points to be had there. Um, yeah, even if it's just a draw. Too. Yeah. Although, although I would rather get the points this Wednesday, and yeah, not same, not Why be not relying both? on a on, on a winning. Well, yes, but I'm saying, if, if I would rather they get the win, I'd feel better. I feel feel more relaxed going to Nashville. Is what I'm trying to say. Get the three points, and then I can go into the weekend relax and saying, all right, let's let's get something out of this. Yeah. Well, it's a good. It's I, a good week. I I want to I want to be able to see the team get the 48 points sooner rather than later, and then we can stop worrying about making the playoffs and start talking about playoff positioning. Okay. That's that's the sweet spot that I'm looking for. Yeah, hopefully Austin stops being so lucky in the games <laughs> that they play, and then maybe, maybe I, second play I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned about Austin. Let's get in the playoffs. Let's be the team that knocks Austin out. I, I would settle for that. Give us a mm. shot at Austin in the playoffs. And, and that's all I want. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. <laughs> that that would be great. You can't. You that's something you can't. You know, talk your way out of. So, I would love that. I would love to see. Let's get in the playoffs, and then I don't care how lucky. I don't care what's going on with Austin. I'm worried about SC Dallas. Let's lock up a playoff spot. Let's work about positioning, and then maybe maybe like I said, maybe we'll be can be the team that knocks the sense Austin packing. That would be sweet. That would be great. All right. 
Well, let's leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks for the comments and questions, Ben, Kuv, uh, Diggs, and Javier. And, uh, hey, we got got a lot of great soccer to enjoy this week. We will, we will see you there. And, of course, uh, remember you can uh, subscribe uh, to this podcast wherever you find podcasts. We'll have the audio version going up in just a few minutes here. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks. Good night, guys. Good night.